let me tell you about American financing. Uh, I know you're probably overwhelmed just going to the grocery store. I know my wife was. Uh, she went shopping yesterday for Easter, and it's expensive. Everything is expensive. Um, it, please don't put things on your credit card. Uh, and if you have credit cards, pay them off. If you can't pay them off um, and you have a mortgage, please consider refinancing your mortgage and doing a consolidation loan. You know, the, uh, the very low rates of, you know, one or two and three percent interest, those are gone. Uh, however, we're at five percent and that could look like a picnic uh, in a few months. So refi, especially any credit card that you're paying 15, 19, 22 percent interest on, because those cards are going to cost more and more and more and you're not going to be able to pay them off. So please. Um, take the pressure off. Call American Financing, 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440. Go to AmericanFinancing.net. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. It is Good Friday, Passover, Easter week. Uh, This is a very important holiday for mankind, for Jews and for Christians um, and for America. It is a chance to understand that there is a loving God who will, if we humble ourselves, help us in whatever it is we've gotten ourselves entangled into. This week, I've been doing a a series on America's God. I wondered, who are we really worshiping right now? And I went into that yesterday. I talked to you a little bit about science and how maybe science is becoming our God. And then I went into politics and the politics of wokeism. And the wokists, they are members of a church that is a religion. I'm going to pick it up from there and show you that it's not just a religion. It is an absolute cult. And we will use the forensics to point that out to you. Coming up in 60 seconds. You know the old phrase, if you can't beat them, join them? Well, when it comes to the woke garbage, I don't suggest that. I say in order to beat them, join with someone else for years the big phone companies are doing these commercials can you hear me now can you hear me now can you hear me now i'd really like to say that to the big phone companies that have all sold in uh, or sold out to the great reset and wokeism and ibram x kendi i've had enough had enough 
Can you hear me now? I've switched to PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Call 972-PATRIOT. You get the same coverage. They're on the same cell towers. You'll get a better price, better customer service, and you're not with a company that is selling you out, selling our country out. They believe in our country, and they take their own money, and they tithe it to causes that we believe in. Life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Switch today and ask Big uh, big phone, can you hear us now? Can you hear me now? No more. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck or 972 Patriot. So we've gone over the fact that America suffers from a lack of religion or is it hyper religiosity? We have too much religion that's what we're suffering for because politics is a religion race is a religion gender today is a religion even covid it's a religion and the mask that's just a symbol of your membership to that faith and your piety did you ask the wrong question did you question what happened to the blm inc millions You didn't actually suggest that the Hunter Biden laptop was worth looking into, did you? Did you not blindly accept the new normal? If you don't mask, post the BLM black box, vote for the right politician or worse, you didn't use the new correct woke religious terminology that seemingly was just introduced yesterday, You'll find yourself without a job or a future. Did you grumble? Did I hear you grumble when when told you had to attend the company's latest race equity training meeting? Did you speak out at the school board meeting against CRT or any of its spawn? Have you not yet confessed your whiteness, your privilege, or the sins of your race? This new religion offers no forgiveness. We are living in the age of a new inquisition. Mob trials. They're mock trials really run by the mob. There are no real hearings. It's not an actual trial. Just mobs shrieking, witch! And if they don't burn your life at the stake, you will most certainly be banished to the new leper colony through the process of being deplatformed, defriended, defamilied. Some of what is happening in our nation is way beyond our idea of religion. However, if you look at the facts, what half the country has joined is a religion. It has its own doctrine, its own practices, its own language and high priests. Yet this religion that's whipping our nation into a frenzy really fits our modern understanding of a cult. If you do forensics on it, it is the definition of a cult. If we fail to grasp this, our families and our friends who find themselves under the spell of this cult right now 
will only run deeper into their arms. Once you understand you're dealing with a cult, it requires us to change our behavior or it will only help the cult leaders. We have to understand what a cult is in order to find the way to free our loved ones from its deadly grip. The difference between a cult and a religion is pretty unsettled. The word cult is usually associated with a niche group of freaky people who follow some charismatic man into a bunker and end up sacrificing babies or whatever. But when I first joined my church, I talked to Billy Graham about this. He thought it was a cult for years. It was a cult. All really a cult is is something that disagrees with the accepted norm. That's the way it used to be defined. And yeah, then my church, I guess, would be that. But that's not a freaky follow some guy into the woods and uh, build an outpost. That's. Billy understood that and. My faith is no longer on his list of cults. Before he died, he removed it. Now. A cult could just be smaller, newer, less organized religion, but that's not what we're talking about here. There was a write-up about me in Newsweek this week saying that wokeness is a cult, which is right. And I'm not the first person to say it. Africa Brooks, she's the first one that I saw that had this in an open letter titled, Why I'm Leaving the Cult of Wokeness. In it, she said, what I'm truly afraid of is existing in a world that forces me to submit to an ideology without question. Otherwise, I'm to be shamed or pressured to shame myself and cast out of the community. A world that tells me that because I inhabit a black body, I will forever be oppressed and at the mercy of some omnipresent monster called whiteness. That is because of the color of my skin, I'm a victim of an inherently racist system by default. And me rejecting the narrative of oppression means that I am, in fact, in denial. How empowering. The dread of the prospect of a world where context, nuance, nuance, critical thinking, meritocracy, mathematics, science, rationality are just considered tools of white supremacy. And the rule is that you're not allowed to question or argue this senseless statement, especially if you're white. A world that is conditioning you and I to believe that we will always be trapped in some weird hierarchy because of our race, our genitals, our physical abilities, our neurodiversity or sexuality and our politics. And that if we don't agree on every single thing, it's a sign that we are interacting with an enemy or at very least someone to be wildly suspicious and judgmental of. Instead of another complex human being worthy of being seen and heard. This absolutist authoritarian world is being fiercely crafted under the guise of social justice. And I want no part in this. When someone steps out of line or dares to think differently, you will often have the pleasure of being told that you are in denial and you have some kind of internalized disorder. Internalized Racism, internalized anti-blackness, internalized misogyny, internalized sexism, internalized homophobia, internalized transphobia, internalized white supremacy. 
That means nothing can be questioned. It's becoming dangerous and to address reality is even more so. Because you either agree and comply or shut up. It's exhausting, she writes. And honestly, I have better things to do with my time. Not to mention, it's killing us. Well, she is right. It is killing us. So how do we get out? Well, I'll get there. But I first want to make sure you understand what a cult is. How do experts know what a cult is? Because you're not going to be able to fight against this cult if you don't understand what it is. We go there in 60 seconds. First, let me tell you about the Tuttle Twins. Um, the uh, one thing you can't question, <laughs> maybe this is a different cult, is the Fed. You can't question it. You can't audit it. You can barely ask any questions. It's not a federal agency, even though it has the word federal in it. Uh, it's the creature from Jekyll Island. And as I was going through the Tuttle Twins, they have all these different books. Uh, and they're generally based on you know world-class books that are teaching things about capitalism or America. Uh, and they have one of them that is titled The Creature from Jekyll Island. Well, that's a very famous book about the Fed, and it tells the truth about the Fed. This one is so important. I called the Tuttle Twins people, and I said, could you just make this one free? Because I want everybody in the audience to have this, because I think its concepts are so important that everybody understands quickly, quickly. Uh, this is all about inflation. It's about how the dollar works, how our economy works. Uh, and who causes inflation, what the Fed really is. And it's made for kids. It's something you can read to every member of your family. You'll learn something. They'll learn a lot. It's really simple. The Tuttle Twins and the Creature from Jekyll Island. While supplies last, all you pay for is shipping. So get your free, co your free uh, copy of it now at Tuttle Twins and the Creature from Jekyll Island. That's TuttleTwinsBeck.com. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. 10 seconds, station ID. America's cults. COVID-19 broke us. People who were once reasonable began to call for the banishment of the unvaccinated from civil society. Death was divided by vaccine status and treated accordingly. Information was censored for our own good. Anyone who questioned the leader or fell out of line was deemed as dangerous or literally accused of murder. Stephen Hassan developed the BITE model, B-I-T-E model, among other things, studying the brainwashing in Maoist China. BITE stands for behavior, information, thought, and emotional control. It identifies the patterns used by cults to manipulate their members. There are 50 attributes to watch out for. Listen to some of these and compare them to your experience just during the COVID-19 pandemic, let alone everything else that is happening. Here they are. The 50 attributes for a cult. 
They dictate where, how, and with whom the member lives and associates or isolates. Financial exploitation, manipulation, or dependence. They restrict leisure, entertainment, vacation time. Hmm. I'm thinking of all the Fauci talks. Permission required for major decisions. Rewards and punishments used to modify behaviors, both positive and negative. Discourage individualism. Encourage groupthink. Impose rigid rules and regulations. Instill dependency and obedience. Deliberately withhold information. Distort information to make it more acceptable. Systematically lie. Minimize or discourage access to non-cult sources of information, including the Internet, TV, radio, books, articles, newspapers, magazines, and media. Minimize, discourage access to critical information. Minimize access to former members. Keep members busy so they don't have the time to think and investigate. Control through cell phones with texting, calls, internet tracking. Compartmentalize information into outsider versus insider doctrines. A. Ensure that information is not freely accessible. B. Control the information at different levels and missions within the group. C. Allow only leadership to decide who needs to know what and when. Encourage spying on other members. Impose a buddy system to monitor and control other members. Report deviant thoughts, feelings, and actions to leadership. Ensure that individuals' behavior is monitored by group. Extensive use of cult-generated information and propaganda, including newsletters, magazines, journals, audio tapes, videotapes, YouTube, movies, and other media. Require members to internalize the group's doctrine as the truth, adopting the group's map of reality as reality. You're not questioning the science, are you? Instill black and white thinking. Decide between good versus evil. Organize people into us versus them, the insiders versus the outsiders. The use of loaded language and cliches which constrict knowledge and stop critical thoughts and reduce complexities into platitudinous buzzwords like follow the science. Rejection of rational analysis, critical thinking, constructive criticism. Forbid critical questions about the leader, the doctrine, or the policy. Labeling alternative belief systems as illegitimate, evil, or not useful. Make the person feel that problems are always their own fault, never the leader's, never the group's fault. Promote feelings of guilt or unworthiness, such as identity guilt. You're not living up to your potential. Your family is deficient. Your past is suspect. Your affiliations are unwise. Your thoughts, feelings, actions are irrelevant or selfish. Social guilt and historical guilt. Do you think we have a cult on our hands yet? You shun those who leave. I'm thinking about all my friends 
who are now my friends, who thought they were my enemies, and then they left the cult. Shunning of those who leave, fear of being rejected by friends and family, ritualistic and sometimes public confession of sins. Let me say that one again. Ritualistic and sometimes public confession of sins. Phobia indoctrination. Inculcating irrational fears about leaving the group or questioning the leader's authority. How many friends do you have that are that way? No happiness or fulfillment possible outside of this group. Terrible consequences if you leave. Hell, demon possession, incurable diseases, accidents, suicide, insanity, 10,000 reincarnations, etc. So that's basically all of them except for rape, murder, torture, and kidnapping. And I don't, I don't think we have that going on. What's scarier is that most of us have gone along with all of this stuff, even for just a little while. As a nation, as a world, we're still going along with it in many ways. And we haven't yet come to the truth that this is a cult. Look at anti-racism. Anti-racism requires blind obedience to leaders like Ibram X. Kendi, who can arbitrarily assign or remove guilt based on his own perception. The work of being an anti-racist never stops. There's always more internalized racism to uncover and implicit bias to reveal. Can you ever be forgiven? Can you ever be cleansed? No, because the moment you say you're not a racist, it's taken as a proclamation of guilt. And then the cycle can just begin again. It's cult initiation 101. It's reprogramming. And it's really hard to come back from it. But it can be done. I'll show you how. And maybe this, maybe this will change our approach on trying to change people's minds. We'll talk about it next. Sandra wrote in about her husband's experience with Relief Factor. She said, after trying multiple supplements, doctors, chiropractors for years, my husband no longer limps and is pain-free. Ever since he started taking Relief Factor, his pain used to radiate down from the hip to the ankle oof, and the groin area. But she says, now it's all gone. It's absolutely amazing. Thank you, Relief Factor. Sandra, great news. Thank you. Thank you. It sounds like your husband got his life back, which means you got your life back. If you're living with pain, may I recommend that you give Relief Factor a try? It's not a drug, but it was developed by doctors, and it has four key ingredients that work with your body to fight inflammation, which causes most of our pain. The three-week quick start developed for you is $19.95. That's a dollar a day like a trial pack. And hundreds of thousands of people have ordered Relief Factor, and 70% of them go on to order more because it works. I'm living proof. ReliefFactor.com or 800, the number 4 Relief, 800 
for relief. Relieffactor.com. Relief Factor. Feel the difference. James Lindsay joins me in about 30 minutes, all about cults and what he has learned on how to dismember them. So how do you disempower a cult? Well, there is actually a couple of really great examples. Let me tell you one. Megan Phelps Roper. She was only five years old when she stood on her first picket line in Kansas, and she had a sign that read, Gays are worthy of death. Now, she's five. She has no idea what it said, nonetheless what it meant. But her mother had brought her there and handed her that sign, so she waved it around happily. She was making her family proud, and at five years old, that's better than candy. Well, almost. Megan is the granddaughter of the founder of the Westboro Baptist Church. Do you remember them? They are the, uh, the responsible party for horrific statements like, Jews killed the Lord Jesus. Now the Jews are carrying water for the F-word slur against homosexuals. That's what they do best, sin. Or this super, super classic, America, land of the sodomite damned. Well, if you are, if you were aware of the news, you know, in the early 2000s, you remember the Westboro Baptist Church. They have become infamous for their lack of humanity. They used to protest military funerals, wish death upon others, and all because they are so convinced that their crusade is holy that they feel empowered to be as rude and inhumane as they want. They feel that hate directed at the right people is holy work. Megan lived for 27 years under the Westboro Baptist Church. She brandished signs saying things like, Thank God for dead soldiers. God hates you. She was actually the face of the movement. She was going to be the next leader of the Westboro Baptist Church. She believed. And she battled it out on Twitter with the naysayers on behalf of the whole congregation. But it was those Twitter battles that ended up being her saving grace. Now, wait a minute. The Twitter battles? I know how ugly Twitter battles can be. That's going to get me out of a cult? No, no. Listen. The usual crowd of angry people came out on Twitter, and they all yelled at her, criticized her, threw hate right back at her. That's what she was expecting. But not everyone did that. There were a few who never lost their humanity. Their message was, we're all human beings worthy of love and respect, including you, Megan. They didn't condone her hate or tiptoe around her misunderstandings, but they saw beyond them. She was a person who had trapped herself in the toxic ideas that she inherited. But most importantly, she was a person. Two men went above and beyond, one named David who had a blog named Jewelicious, another uh, named Chad, 
who became her husband. What began on Twitter as a verbal rock-throwing fight slowly evolved into real conversation, one that appealed to Megan's humanity. All they did was ask her honest, not accusatory, honest questions. It made Megan feel respected and heard. She could let her guard down now. She may have thought, I'm going to get these guys in. But she let her guard down because these people were not there to fight. They were there to understand. And that changed everything. The questions they asked inspired questions in herself because there was there were holes in her thinking that she hadn't considered. And given the right environment, she felt safe enough to really wrestle with those questions. One day, David met Megan uh, on the picket line to give her some food from a market in Jerusalem. A Jewish man brought treats to the woman who held signs that said, your rabbi is a whore. He was a person to her now. He was a nice person. He was a smart person who could debate her on the Bible. He was a Jew. And there was no way for her to reconcile this. Her whole reality unraveled from there. Imagine being like her and realizing that you have inherited lies from the people that you thought loved you most. Knowing the truth now meant leaving those people, maybe forever. You think I might lose some friends. She was losing her whole identity and her whole world. She was the church's rising star. And she knew after I leave the church, I'll just be another one of them, another outsider. Megan and her sister left Westboro Baptist Church in 2012. Since leaving the Westboro Baptist Church, Megan has said she sees the tactics of her former cult all over our public discourse. The cult mentality spreads across social media like a virus. And although it's slower in real life, it's spreading there, too. So she gave us some advice. One, don't assume ill intent. Megan really, truly believed she was doing the work of God with the Westboro Baptist Church. I can't imagine it. I can't imagine you do either. But that's all she knew. And it would be really easy. And I know I did. I assumed that the woman tweeting, thank God for AIDS, was a horrible person who had horrible intentions. But the two men that chose to believe otherwise changed Megan's life forever. Two, ask honest questions. We can't assume we know why people believe what they do. And even, and even if we really do know, by asking honest questions, we get them to ask questions of themselves. Questions indicate sincere interest and respect, and in the best cases, might lead the other person to ask what you think. Three, another hard one. Stay calm. Don't yell. Don't freak out. Don't lose your cool. You don't have to hold back on the truth. But if anger is in the driver's seat, expect a wreck. Four, make your case. Your opinion may not be as self-evident as it seems. 
or even as self-evident as it should be. Why should men not be in women's prison? I don't even have to think about that. But if I'm talking to somebody who absolutely does not understand that, how do I make sense of that for them? First, I have to ask them all kinds of questions. How did you get there? Tell me how you believe that, what you believe. We have to make the complete case every single time. No one had made the case to Megan that what she was doing was harmful when she did by someone she perceived as a non-threat. She changed her mind. The Bible says, be as wise as serpents, but also as gentle as doves. Have you noticed we haven't seen a lot of big news from the most homophobic group I've ever seen? The most radicalized group outside of the Klan? We haven't seen much from the Westboro Baptist Church. I'm wondering if that's because two men befriended somebody honestly loved them, asked them honest questions, and their leader left. How many conversations do you have every day with people you disagree with? If you understand that what they are a party to is a cult, and they don't know it, nor will they believe it when you tell them that, And everything that they are told means if you question them, you're the enemy. So I can't listen to you. How many conversations have you had that if you understand they're in a cult and you understand how to deprogram? How many of your conversations will change? We can't be naive, but we can't give up on people prematurely. It's tempting to look at the person Tweeting that the unvaccinated people just deserve death. It's really tempting to look at that person and say, wow, are they evil and past hope. But are they? What have we done if we just assume that they're past hope? What if they aren't? Final chapter in just a second. First, let me tell you about Rough Greens. Nancy wrote in about her dog's experience with Rough Greens. She said, my dog eats everything in sight. So getting her to eat was not really a problem. My concern was having a healthy meal choice uh, that will keep uh, keep her with us for as long as possible. She loves Rough Greens, continues to lick her food bowl long after her food is gone. Thank you so much. This is a really, it's not a dog food, it's a supplement. It is really good for your dog. It has probiotics and antioxidants, vitamins, minerals, omega oils. And these are just some of the things that your dog needs to live a healthier lifestyle. And they're all in Rough Greens. The folks at Rough Greens are so confident that your dog's going to love it that they have a special deal. You just go to roughgreens.com slash back and they'll give you the first bag free. Free. All you pay for is shipping. Just go to roughgreens.com slash Beck or call 833-GLEN-33. That's 833-GLEN-33. Call them today. The Glenn Beck Program. Miss a day, miss a lot. Visit blazetv.com today 
and never miss a moment of truth. Coming up in a few minutes, James Lindsay joins me. He has studied this through and through, and we can discuss it. It's one thing to recognize the cult-like tendencies that pulse through American politics and work to stop it. But the real question is, what made us vulnerable to cultic authoritarianism in the first place? Why is it we keep misplacing our religious instincts? Because all of us do it, even if in small ways, we are all vulnerable to tribal and yes, even cultic inclinations. So is this whole religion thing just too dangerous to play around with? Should we abandon it altogether? Or is the abandonment of religion what got us into this mess in the first place? It was 1798 when John Adams wrote a letter to the Massachusetts militia. He said, quote, We have no government armed with power capable of contending with human passions unbridled by morality and religion. Our Constitution was made for a moral and religious people, and it's wholly inadequate to the government of any other. Adams said our representative republic needed not only moral but religious people to survive because... If they're not going to be restrained by the government, then people must foster the discipline to restrain themselves. And religion played that role in our society for a long, long time. I'm not suggesting that we all convert to one faith or, God forbid, the government impose faith on us. But we need moral agreements. We need a plumb line to guide our nation. And we need to come to it of our own free will generation to generation we are losing our spiritual well-being our nation is undergoing a cultural revolution a technological revolution a sexual revolution what we need is a spiritual revolution a spiritual restoration a great awakening but what does that look like well after god delivered the hebrew people from slavery in egypt they didn't go straight to the promised land, <laughs> far from it. For 40 years, they wandered in the desert while God prepared their hearts. You see, they still had a slave mentality. They had bad habits. They needed time to work that out. But the new generations forgot the God who had parted the sea and sent the plagues and freed them from Pharaoh. So they worshiped new gods, gods of meaningless realities. That would always lead to destruction for them. And then they would beg God to take them back, and he would. And a generation later, the people would forget again, rinse, repeat. Joshua was one of the Bible's mightiest warriors. He sp spoke to the Hebrew people, and he said, If you love God, follow him. If you love Baal, or if you love another God, follow him. But as for me and my house... We will serve the Lord. That's really what early Americans said. Other nations, other people could choose a God for themselves. You saw how poorly that went. But America said, as for this nation, we will humble ourselves before the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God was with our founding generation. We call it divine providence. 
because it just doesn't make sense without God. How could we have done all of that on our own? We couldn't have. But we are the new generation, and we have forgotten the God of our ancestors. We have forgot the prayers, the devotion, the miracles, and we're reaping those consequences. But just because the God of our founders worshipped, believes in free will, we have a choice to make. Just like the Hebrews, we can decide, do we like our new gods, or would... Or would we like to serve a God we called on to found this nation? Tomorrow, I'm going to use a loaded word. I'm going to use, well, actually a couple of them. Humiliation. And seeing that it is Easter week, I can't end the week without crying for repentance. Repent. Those are two nasty words now, and I don't think people really understand what they are. Tomorrow, I will also tell you about the impossible turnaround of the people we consider to be the most vile and guilty cult members. The Nazis, the Germans, after World War II. That's on tomorrow's broadcast. James Lindsay, next. Next.